Thanks for tuning in to Beyond the Bench. This is a podcast for athletic directors, coaches, and leaders, and it's done by three athletic directors from Iowa. I'm Todd Gordon from Greene County in Jefferson, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy. If you have any questions or comments you'd like to leave us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and let's get to today's podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bench. And we are live in quarantine mode. Yahoo! Yeah, here we are again. And tonight, it's just the three of us. Um, I think people are getting tired of hanging out with us, so... <laughs> we can't get anybody on the show now. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. like, no, I'm not doing that. Would those guys stop asking people? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you just got to listen to us tonight, or today, whenever you're listening. We are actually, uh, full disclosure, this is a Tuesday evening. We're kind of a day late. We're always a dollar short, but we're a day late uh, this time. And uh, all bad puns are on purpose. So I love it. Those are free. Speak for yourself, Todd. I'm a buck fifty short. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we talk through the uh, new guidelines, we just uh, came out today. We're all going to be a few dollars short. So yeah. uh, we'll get to that later. Yes. Uh, and this is season two. It's episode 21. Oof. And yeah. you know, we were uh, 40 episodes last year, last season, and we're well on our way there. So, uh, yeah, we are looking good, looking good. But hey, let's pay some bills. Let's and do let's it. start with a little uh, Aaron Stecker. Tell us about hometown ticketing. Well, I tell you, I had a great meeting with the uh, with with Mike with hometown ticketing just the other day, just to to get going here at Kennedy High School about or with our online ticketing, uh, ticket purchasing, online passes, things like that. And I tell you what, it's worth the conversation if you think about doing it. So if you're an AD interested in saving time or making your job a little less stressful, if you're looking for ways to improve the fan experience at your games. We suggest here at Beyond the Bench you take a strong look at hometown ticketing. Hometown Ticketing provides schools with everything needed to offer professional-level online ticketing at absolutely no cost to your school or the athletic program. Hometown integrates industry-leading technology directly into your existing school or athletic website. This provides your fans with a simple and easy ticket-buying experience that that takes place directly on your website without the need to create an account, remember a password, or download an app. From individual game tickets to customized season pass programs, our friends at Hometown Ticketing can customize an entire ticketing platform for your program. And the best part is it doesn't cost your school or athletic program anything to get started. That's hashtag own your ticketing with Hometown Ticketing, the official ticketing partner of VNN Sports. Visit www.hometownticketing.com to enroll your school today. That's www hometownticketing.com. I tell you, the thing I was really the most impressed with the other day was um, just talking through all the different scenarios of 
tickets at the gate versus booster club passes and different accounts and different money. You know, booster club gets some of the money, the, the district or the building activities account gets the gate money and they, they can be as flexible as you need to be to whatever scenario you've got um, in, in the way you collect gate revenue. So great conversation just to explore the option, especially moving forward here and trying to create cashless and, and, and no contact exchanges. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, now's the time and it doesn't cost you anything to make that phone call or to get in touch with them. And they're, they're great to talk to. Um, and they are, it's really easy. You know, another one of our sponsors, uh, Gipper, boy, what a great find they've been. I mean, just phenomenal, the, the stuff they have and the way they've worked with us. And um, Scott, let's talk a little bit about Gipper. Want your athletic program to stand out on social media? You can with Gipper. Using Gipper, you can create and share professional sports graphic to social media in seconds on any device and without needing design experience. Try out Gipper for free at gogipper.com backslash athletics. Absolutely. Gipper's, Matt's been great to the state of Iowa and given all of our coaches access to um, the IGCA, uh, access to that app for, for free here during this quarantine time. And so our coaches can recognize our kids, which is awesome. So thank you to Matt and Gipper. You bet. Yep. Thank you, Matthew. Well, let's uh, start with a little, uh, let's talk about the last dance a little bit and uh, some takeaways from that. I mean, that was for all of us that grew up back in that era and even that was my CTV and that was so well done. Um, just excellent. And I, there are so many takeaways you get from that about uh, Michael Jordan in particular, uh, Phil Jackson's leadership style, which was, you know, we know nothing about coaching at the professional level, but uh, the way he managed a guy like Dennis Rodman. Uh, but anyway, I mean, Michael Jordan's just spectacular. And uh, to me, you know, I, I never entered into the debate much about Michael versus LeBron or whoever, but after watching that again, it's Michael. I, I just, the things he could do in that era, uh, just totally different. LeBron's a great ball player, but Michael just had that ability. Um, one of the biggest takeaways for me came the other night, and I don't remember if it's episode nine or episode 10. That was a great quote. You know, we, we talk a lot about mindfulness and work with our kids on mental toughness. And uh, I don't remember who said it, but they said, uh, Michael's greatest strength wasn't necessarily his talent or his ability, physical abilities. His greatest strength was his, his ability to be present and to be in the moment. And you look at all the big time shots he hit, he was just, that, that was it. And uh, that's, that's a great thing for our kids uh, to learn and our coaches to learn as well. Just to, That's a gift if you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I thought that was kind of a cool moment with that there last night too. Um, just and and you think about it, you know, he took some grief um, to spin off that a little bit. Um, although it's probably not, I I got my favorite moment I'll share later on because you know me I have to have multiple things. Okay. But uh, the uh, his intentionality of keeping things well, 
somewhat simple. That there was things he enjoyed. There was basketball he was going to devote himself 100% to, 110% to, and then he loved golf and he loved gambling. But he didn't get caught up in all the other stuff. And he took some grief. You know, they talked about the, uh, the, the Senate race um, in North Carolina and that he didn't take a stance. He made the comment, you know, hey, Republicans buy sneakers too. You know, he, he took a, some grief for being an, uh, being a, an African-American sports figure and, 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 and cultural icon in our country and not taking a stance on, on minority issues. Um, but he just chose to keep it simple. And I think that led to him being able to be present in the moment. He didn't have a ton of things going on. He, he wasn't so spread so thin. He couldn't be great um, in the moment. And, and I think there's a great lesson there. We, yes, we've got to find ways to um, have influence and, 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 and have impact in, in a lot of different places, but don't get spread so thin. You can't be great in the moments you need to be great in. Yeah. And decided I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm supposed to be a great basketball player. And, and so I'm going to keep my life as simple as I can so I can do what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought, you know, related to that too, I thought it was interesting when he came back from baseball and his body wasn't a basketball body anymore. He made the statement that he had spent 18 months or whatever it was turning his body into a baseball body. So there again, he had thrown himself a hundred percent into that moment into baseball and it transformed his body. And then he comes back and he has to get the basketball body because it's, it's a whole different physique. And so he threw himself 100% into that. And I think he did that. That was the summer he was making Space Jam. Yeah. And was out on the West Coast, and they built him a, you know, and he's, he's filming during the day, playing basketball during the night, and then doing his workout. I mean, just superhuman stuff, you know, but he was so good at being in the moment. I think one thing through watching The Last Dance was just his ability to just carry people with him to success. And he did not care what he said or what he did to drag greatness out of everybody on his team. Um, he did not, I don't think he was apologetic at the time, but I, I think in the, a lot of times you saw him get emotional, it was because of maybe sometimes the adversarial relationship he had with those on his team because of, him just demanding excellence 110% of the time. And uh, I don't know, I just, for me, I just seemed like that maybe weighed on him a little bit. Um, But he just, he did not allow others to slack. He was on everybody and drug them to the best that they could possibly be. That was the one thing that I just took away from that the most. He, Again, just his leadership ability and making sure others were at the level. I mean, very similar to Kobe, honestly. I, he just was unapologetic to making people work as hard as he worked or expected them to work as hard as he worked. You know, along with that, Scott, and that actually led to probably the most, my, the most powerful moment for me was, um, you know, we talk about setting standards of excellence. Mm-hmm. And and that's what he did. He you know remember he talked uh, when he got in with Kerr, and all of a sudden he was talking about getting in with Steve Kerr, and and he said you know here comes Kerr, and here comes Scotty Burrell, and here comes all these new people that in, in the second go around, the second set of yep. 
that want to just ride the coattails of, of, of winning the mm-hmm. championships. Oh, I'm on the bulls and here we go. And he's like, bull. Yeah. Some other colorful language. He goes, you don't get to do that. We worked hard to get where we're at and we set a standard of excellence and you're going to walk in here and meet that standard. Yeah. Um, now his standards might be like standards upon standards upon standards of excellence, but, yeah. but um, you could tell even now, 20 years later, mm-hmm. the emotional toll that took on him in that moment, I think it might've been the end of episode seven. Yep. When he, when there was the conversation about, do you feel like, your drive and your demand and your expectations of your teammates impacted your ability to have positive relationships with them. And, and they're talking about, you know, he's a jerk and he was, and you, he had, remember he had this, he got, he's like, this is my standard and that's how I play. And you can choose to play that way or not. Mm-hmm. But don't walk into my place and, and, and expect me not to expect that out of you. And then he just got kind of choked up. You could yeah. tell even 20 years later, that had to be a huge emotional toll. He had oh. isolated, life because he knew he had to, he had to hold people accountable and that meant he had to be the standard. And yep. That's tough. I mean, it's very similar to what athletic directors have to do. I mean, you got to do stuff that you don't want to do, you know, you got to do, you know, trying to make people do things they don't want to do is not always fun and it's hard. And it, sometimes it does have an emotional toll, you know, it has an emotional toll on all of us. Mm-hmm. but do we, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you think about all the coaches that you've had over the years that maybe some of them weren't as great and you expected more, but how long did you keep them around when you probably shouldn't have? I mean, I know I'm guilty of it, you know, afraid to have that conversation, you know, you, you know, you need to have, and, and right. you delayed the conversation three years or four years and you shouldn't have. Yep. Um, because it's tough. And he clearly is an example of somebody who's like, look, I don't care how it's going to make you feel. Yep. If you, if you're slacking, I'm going to tell you you're slacking. Um, yep. So. Right. And, and he said too, I think that's important for us as ADs as well is he didn't want it so much for, he wanted to have them feel that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what we, that's why we can have that conversation with coaches sometimes. I think if we, if we think of it in that framework, you know, yeah. this is a tough conversation, but I want the absolute best for you. Yeah. Because yeah. I care about you. And because I want you to experience this at a much higher level, mm-hmm. I'm going to push you. That's a good way that's to a great it. point. Yeah. And that's, it's just going to require having a, a tougher conversation. Yeah. Good point. Aaron, did you have another point? I want to circle around to get your second point. <laughs> I don't know if I like this video thing because <laughs> not only can I hear your sarcasm through the microphone now, but I get to see it at the same time. I did have one more thing. This was, I think it was last night. Um, Cause I think this is poignant to when we talk, you know, we talk about, we've got a lot of young ADs and, and, and how we've got to work with those younger ADs, but then we're also bringing in younger and younger coaches and you have to grow them. Um, he, I, I found it intriguing last time we talked about, man, he was 91, 92, the first run of championships getting going. And then he's first in the league. He had all kinds of energy and he's top his game in terms of physical skills and abilities and, and quickness and speed and strength and, and uh, how he got to the last run and the last answer, 1998. 
and how he had to shift and it was more of a mind game. And he talked about the craftsman and how he had to keep building and changing his game as he got older, because it went from being just all about, I'm just physically better than everybody to now, maybe I'm still physically better than everybody, but the gap is less, but I just know more than you. I'm, I am in a different place mentally in the game than you'll ever be and how that elevated his game. And, and I think, think about our journeys as, as coaches. I was just in a conversation with one of my coaches the other day about um, uh, we were having a, just talking about how you deal with stuff and manage stuff. And, and, and he just made the comment. He goes, well, it's a whole lot easier now that I know what I know when I'm 25 years into this. Mm-hmm. Just keep growing and, and take advantage of experience and wisdom over time. And that's what kept him on top for so long was he just found a different mental game than everybody else. And I, I liked his craftsman comment he made about building his skill, building his craft. Yeah, that's good. Age comes wisdom. It's just a matter of if we use it or not. <laughs> well, that's optional. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Well, good stuff. We could do a whole show on that, too. If we yeah, really yeah. could break it down. And, uh, that's more fun than the next topics we're going to talk about. Yeah. Hey, let's do a little what's up, what's down. We've taken a couple of weeks off of that. Um, you know, we've just kind of dove into our guests because we had a lot to cover with them. Um, you know, when you think about back to the, the greater conversation with the Burlsworth and Coach Tice, great conversation there. Um, and I got to tell you a story. My grandson uh, down in Dallas Center, he has been totally inspired by that movie. He's 10 years old. And the other day he was, we had a FaceTime call with him and said, where's Jonathan? Well, he's outside in the rain practicing football <laughs> because he watched Burlesworth again. He's watched it twice now. Yeah. And he watched it again and he was out there because he wants to make the little Mustang football team mm-hmm. uh, this fall. So, I mean, he just, he just saw that desire and he, Sure enough, she took us outside, and there he was running around in the rain with a football, <laughs> pretending he was going to get tackled, and he jumped up. And That's awesome. That's great. great. Yeah. Good for him. Good. So, Aaron, you're leading off. What's up? What's up? I got a lot of ups, but I'm going to go with this one. Um, my daughter's graduating. Um, she's pretty – She's pretty excited. Tomorrow is her last last day of school. She's I was I was leaving to come up here and she said I've got like three paragraphs to write in this paper, Dad, and I'm done. So congrats to my daughter, my last one, uh walking the walking the stage. So it's been fun uh experiencing that with her. What's she doing next year? Well, if possible, she's heading down to Mizzou. Gonna be a Missouri Tiger with it's a struggle for me growing up, you know, lifelong Iowa State fan because yeah. she says she says M I Z and I don't want to say Z O U. All I can think of is the Antlers and that you know, they're famous for down there in the men's basketball and the way they used to treat the Iowa State basketball players. And I struggle, but it's a great campus, and she wants to go into photojournalism and, and political science down there. So great, she's excited. Hoping they'll have classes. That's the next big thing. Yeah got a senior graduating right now is you know do you try do you pay out-of-state tuition and attend mizzou and it's online learning i i don't know mm. that's tough well it won't be for all four years so even no. if it's in the fall no. it isn't it'll it'll eventually turn around yeah 
Well, good luck to her and have a good yeah. weekend with her. Right, and weekend, good. It'll be fun. Scott, what's up with you? You know, I, I've got, I'm trying to decide. I got, I, I had a great uh, Zoom with a, with a young man from um, Kansas City area. He just reached out to me on LinkedIn and he was, wants to be an AD. And um, he working for the Kansas City Chiefs and their youth organization and um, has been a director at, the, uh, at a YMCA. And um, it was just, it was a fun conversation to have. And then connecting him with some ADs in Missouri, um, Richard Bouchard and Mike McGurk, um, to try to just help him through that journey. It was just fun to, to kind of think back to when I first started thinking I wanted to be an AD, and, which is a long time ago now. <laughs> so it was just a fun conversation to have with him. And then I had another Zoom conversation with Jason Corley from out in uh, New Jersey. And um, he was talking about he was doing the Live at Five with his student athletes. And I saw, I don't know if you've seen it on LinkedIn. Todd and Aaron, but he's interviewing a kid on Instagram live every day at five o'clock. Hmm. It's just a really, it's really cool. And I just, you know, reached out to him on LinkedIn. I said, Hey man, I really love what you're doing with the kids. It was fun. Kids are having a good time. He's doing a great job with it. So just a shout out to him for really being creative and reaching out to his kids. And um, so I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do that. Maybe not through Facebook live, but um, I think it would be fun to have that conversation with kids and it'd be kind of cool. So shout out to Jason doing that little bit extra. So it was pretty cool. Well, I'm glad you're going to pick something up and start doing something extra, Scott. <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel like a slacker, actually. <laughs> I am kind of dragging my butt around. That's what you need another idea to do, Scott. Yeah. I know. You, I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. Uh, Sorry, I'm an idiot. I can't even help. You guys, I can't help it. I'm sick. I need medication. These weekly interventions are getting old, Scott. Hey, you go out walk your dog or something. I know. Show's over, folks. We're going. We're going private. No, we're going to do this live tonight. We're going to interview you live. Yeah, that's right. I. Sorry. Oh well. Um, had a couple good nights. Uh, last night I went with our girls track coach coaches and we went and delivered letters and awards to our girls track team. And then tonight was really special. We had a group of coaches, our local radio guy, and we went and handed out, um, our E. Wayne Cooley, uh, scholarship nominee. We handed out our Bernie Sagow award and, we have a Ram of the Year, male and female, so our Athletes of the Year. And we drove around town for a couple hours. One of them was actually about 15 miles out of town, up towards Peyton, and uh, delivered those. And so That's I cool. had talked to the parents, and I said, hey, what time would work on Tuesday? So we had it staggered out. The yeah. kids had no idea we were showing up. Our Ram of the Year, um, he was actually working out the golf course. And uh, one of my coaches is a volunteer fireman. So he brought the fire truck, the fire pickup. So we had lights and uh, sound, and we were playing that. We're driving up to the house, and uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, just to see the kids uh, smiling, um, 
couple of them cried. You know, it was just, it was really cool. About, uh, I think six or seven coaches were along. My wife went along and uh, just a lot of fun. A lot of fun. The one that was clear out of town, they had, uh, this girl's a workhorse. She just works all the time. So they had to lie to her to get her inside to, to get cleaned up. They told her grandma was coming at 430 with a special announcement and she thought grandma was bringing chicken and noodle soup because that's what she <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, she came out and she just started crying. All the coaches are there and uh, it was a fun time. Uh, that's good. That's awesome. Good. That's awesome, Todd. That was a good idea. It was, it was a lot of fun. All right. What's down, Aaron? Lawn mowing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd rather shovel snow. Huh. No, that's not true. I <laughs> my grass is growing, but I did. You know, we had a busy weekend last weekend, so I didn't get to mow it last weekend. And then I was going to mow it on Sunday. Well, it rained all day Sunday, so I'm going to mow it Monday. Well, it rained. It wasn't supposed to rain much here yesterday, but it did, so I couldn't mow it because, of course, now it's like it's like to your knees. So it doesn't dry out until like five in the afternoon and then it rained. So nope, went home and did it today. And I really, I, my lawnmower set on the, on the highest setting. I didn't make it shorter. I just leveled it back out. So I'll <laughs> tomorrow or Thursday and, I'll, and then I'll have to mow. I'll probably mow it three times in like five days to get it down where it's supposed to be. So lawn mowing is my down right now. I, I, I cheated, Aaron. I went and got my, my uh, brother's riding lawnmower this week because it was the same as you. It's just, it's grown so fast you can't keep up with it. So I cheated and went and got my brother's riding lawnmower. You call yourself a self-respecting homeowner with a lawn? You can't I, do that. I know. Again, medication. Hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> the 57-year-old's weighing in on this. <laughs> Scott, you're not an idiot. Oh, okay. You are using your resources. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Wisdom. So, so you're calling me a glutton for punishment. I'm not calling you anything yet. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying right. to get Scott back on the right side of the tracks here. Yeah. All right. My bad. <laughs> that's a that's a full time job in itself, folks. Well, we try. And we try to do it live on podcast. Yeah. Well, you know. That's what <laughs> so what's that with you, Scott? Um, I, Monday, I don't know why Monday was just such a tough day for me. Uh, I just was like, gosh, I just want to be back at school. I want our events to be going. And I don't know, I just, Monday was a tough day. So I was, you know, and then we have our pandemic, uh, task force meeting and getting a little overwhelmed. And so I just. And I was kind of a couple of rough days here, so I'm glad that we're we're talking today. <laughs> there you go. Therapy. Yes, my therapy session. Well, it's free, it's free though. That's it is free. Want it. As far as you know. Oh, yeah. Scott, this is so not free. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Well, I, I haven't gotten an invoice yet. Anyway. Oh, it's coming. Okay. All right. See, that's the, the secrets. It's always the secrets. Yes. It's an annual invoice. It's not monthly or weekly. Okay. Well, I didn't get one from last year either, so it must be like hey, it, it just biannually. Things in the back pocket, Jarvis. 
I'll bring that one back on Scott someday. I'll bring that one back on Scott. We're just waiting for the moment. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I got my piggy bank. I've been saving my piggy bank up, so we'll be good to go. <laughs> we'll go. crack that baby open. I'll, I'll pay you guys in pennies. <laughs> nice. That's out of spite. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Todd. You brought back what's up, what's down, so you must have driven somewhere. Where would you go? Well, really nowhere. Uh, today was my bad day. Today was leg day. Ooh. Oh, you know, and Deb's got me doing this beach body. Um, week eight, so I'm on the last week of this program, and leg day is just, I mean, I got to do squats, and I got got to get up and down, and it just made me realize, boy, how little I did for about the last 10 years. <laughs> 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 my goodness. I mean, these, these squats, my knees just don't go. So I do the best I can. But I look at these, uh, you know, 20 something and low 30 somethings on the video. And I'm thinking, man, but it was tough, but I got through it. I feel good when I'm done. I feel like I accomplished something. So, and tomorrow's a day off. So, but I, I do, I, it's just, it's been good to get back going, but leg day sucks, man. Just yeah, they, always, they always did. <laughs> I was going to say, when has leg day ever been good? Never is good. Oh, uh, I, I had forgotten what it was like. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, let's dive in. Well, so this is, deep, this is a deep one right here. Today's podcast, and uh, we're going to try not to be too depressing. We're just going to try to be factual as much as we can. But as Scott mentioned yesterday, we sat in on a uh, pandemic project, I guess, kind of initiated out of Maine. And uh, Jay Hammes, I think, talked to both of us about maybe joining in on that. And it was just interesting to hear a great project by Gary Stevens uh, out in Maine. He's kind of heading that project up. A lot of ADs from Maine on the East Coast are there, but there's some others as well. But it was fun to listen in. Uh, we've got a document we'll post also on our notes. And uh, and then, of course, the NFHS, National Federation, released their document, kind of the guidance for opening back up. I believe it was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Last night. So Call that a document, or is that more like a <laughs> novel? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, uh, what did we say, 16 pages of... Yeah. 16 pages. Uh, it's a lot of stuff. So what we're going to do on this podcast is just kind of talk through some of those things. And it won't be the first time, won't be the last. Well, it will be the first time. It uh, won't be the last. I think this will be interesting to bring, as we're bringing some ADs on over the next few months, uh, we'll probably talk about this a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. I know we're going to have uh, Steve Thrown on from uh, across the river and Millard uh, on here pretty quick. And uh, we'll talk to him about this. Then we'll get some other ADs on to, as well. But tonight, we're just going to kind of talk through it and uh, maybe talk about first impressions of this. But it, it's a reality. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. It's, uh, it's as we say, in the new normal. But it's reality. And uh, we've got to, we're going to figure a lot of stuff out. And uh, we aren't going to do it all alone. We know that. But... Uh, Let's dive in. 
first thing we're going to talk about is just the safety of students, coaches, and the event staff. How we maybe assess that, what that looks like. Yeah, I, I think that, that it's going to be tough. I mean, I just start thinking about the, you know, the monitoring and the, you know, in, the, in that NFHS guidelines they sent out, they've got that monitoring page where you have to, you know, check, ask the questions to each one of your student athletes each day and then take temperature. Um, and you start thinking about logistics and what we're going to, you know, require of our coaches, or is that something that we're going to bring other people in to help with um, to make sure that we are keeping our kids, coaches safe? And then just our event staff, you know, one thing about hometown ticketing, we talk about our sponsor, um, you know, we can have a completely touchless process where nobody's exchanging money, nobody's swiping the credit card. Um, I think that's something definitely people need to think about. Um, you know, our umpires, um, our, how are we going to social distance our announcers and scorebook people in the press box? Um, you know, I don't know. We don't have a very big press box for baseball and softball. Right. Are we going to have them do that, you know, not in the press box anymore? I mean, there's just so many things to consider now. I just. Well, and phase, you know, at the NFHS document anyway, you know, three phases, I think, are the key things that we got to talk about. And we got to keep in mind there. Yeah. You know, phase one and phase two are both doing the temperature scan and the uh, survey yep. before they can even start. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Now, okay, go back to – sorry, Aaron. Well, uh, it's a reminder. Now, I'm assuming that the phase one and the phase two goes back to where you're, you're in phase one if you're in the 14 days of decreasing cases and decreasing hospitalizations in your area. That's the phase one. If you're then, and then you can move on to phase two. Once you get through 14 days of that, the phase two then becomes we we're, we flattened back out. We've, we've leveled off. We're at the bottom. Um, no no new spikes in cases and hospitalizations and things like that in your area. And then there, after 14 days of that, then you can move into phase three. Is that am I remembering all that correctly, give or take? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. Sure, I understand all the parameters when you move back and forth. Uh, but, but bottom line is you're talking about three to six weeks in phase one and phase two uh, where you're seeing consistent decreasing cases, you're in phase one, and then when you can see consistent low rates, you're in phase two. And that's, that's going to wrap through the entire summer months here for us. Mm -hmm. So we're talking phase one, phase two here um, between now and August 1. Yep. Right. Yeah. And when you look at their definition of high risk, low risk, medium risk, football is in high risk, and you can't do anything in that football model until phase three. Yeah. You know, when it comes to officials, yeah, I mean, who's going to test all these people? Um, if five officials show up to work your varsity football game, do we have to test them? Are they sort of, are they going to have to fill out a checklist when they get there? We're probably going to document at least that. 
I think we'll probably have to do the same thing, the screening questions we ask our student athletes and temps just like we would everybody else, I think. Anyone involved in the contest will have to be screened. So, I mean, it's, yeah, there's so a lot say of- Phase one and phase two, face masks are mandatory or should be? Uh, maybe not mandatory. I, I think they're strongly encouraged. But if we're in a press box situation, I tell me where you guys are at in this. I'm, I'm honestly, I, I've been kind of just making lists and thinking things. And if, if we do play baseball, softball, I'm must somebody above me tells me I can't, I really plan on saying, if you're going to be attending a Kennedy high school baseball, softball game, we're, we're wearing masks mm-hmm. as fans and event staff and, and workers and such. Um, we're, 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 we're wearing masks. I don't know where you guys at on that. Number one, my opinion is we won't play baseball, softball. So I'm just going to, I'm going to be honest. Um, But I think, yeah, even when we come back, not knowing what it looks like in three months, I think if, if, okay, let's say we do play baseball, softball, they come out and we're surprised and we can play. And I think that's valid. Yeah. I think if that's, I think if we play, we got people really doing whatever we ask them to do if they want to be there. Yep. I would agree. And and it's in their best interest, I think. I mean, yes. yeah. and, and maybe that's different on different parts of the state. I mean, in Lynn County, I think maybe we're different than, than in Southwest Iowa or, you know, Western Iowa, not, you know, the non-urban areas. Maybe it's different um, in those areas than it is here, but I have a hard time being in, in Lynn County. Maybe Scott, you feel the same way there in Polk County. Yeah. Of, um, if we're playing, then, then let's just, let's do everything we can do to make sure that nothing bad happens because of a baseball and softball game. Yeah. Right. So. It only takes one, one infected person if that's all there is. But yeah. here's a crazy stat for you. I talked to uh, one of our local sporting goods guys the other day and their company, which is a national company. So I got a few sample face masks from him. Uh, thinking we may put a logo on them, you know, sell them, whatever, because I think we're going to need them, like you said, at events. Yep. They nationally over the last month or so have sold over 500,000 face masks. Wow. And these are 250 a piece. So at that price, that's over a million dollars worth of face masks that they've sold. That's just one company. Yeah. With a lot of subsidiary, you know, sporting good places, but sure. amazing. So people are buying them, and I think people will wear them. Uh, game management, and we talked about that, what that looks like. Let's talk about who's going to monitor your gates. Uh, we talked a little bit before we went on. Uh, Aaron, share what your thoughts were on game managers. Well, and I had even included, your, you know, I'll throw on there, yeah, you, you need to have somebody that's that if you're still in the phase one, phase two, asking that question, the questions of everybody that comes through. So I'm, I'm thinking like a baseball, softball, doubleheader. I'm really thinking I'm a minimum of six, probably more like eight or nine event managers at every, let's say varsity baseball, varsity softball, doubleheader. You know, you're, you have your ticket taker and you're going to have your traditional, we have one admin there running, running the event. So there's two. You're going to have to have somebody doing the health screening at the gate. So there's a third. I've envisioned having one event manager assigned to each dugout. 
helping manage that dugout? Are they doing the spacing? Are the teams splitting themselves up? Are they split themselves up, helping them manage the, you know, the equipment cleaning, things like that. One or two people chasing foul balls and managing the, just the game cleaning, wiping down things between innings, things like that. So you probably look at two or three people between the teams and just foul balls and things like that. Um, and then at least I would say a couple, depending on the crowd size you're expecting, two to three event managers who are just strictly monitoring fans and making sure that fans are social distancing. One of the big things I was talking to my wife about a little bit is, I mean, those like the little brothers and sisters, you know, they, they come to the games and man, that our place, they're running all over the place, having a great time. And, and I love it. I love It's one of my favorite things to watch. It reminds me of my kids growing up when my wife was coaching softball. My kids grew up at our softball diamond here, running around and, and playing and having fun. Well, that can't happen. No. Nope. So people managing all that. So I, I think you're looking at eight folks and they, I don't know that they can be just parent volunteers. I think they got to be people who have some skin in the game and paid, paid, paid staff, paid, paid employees of the district that you're paying to be there to manage games because you're asking them to do some pretty serious, tough stuff. Um, this isn't just selling tickets and selling hot dogs at concession stand. This is monitoring for people's safety, for people's health. Um, that's not a volunteer. Can you just sign up and help me out thing? So... Well, and along with, excuse me, with that, with your fans, when we are on the call Monday with that pandemic project, they talked about Baylor. I mean, are we going to have to sell just a percentage of our, what our, our, we can handle in our facility? Baylor's selling 30% of their stadium seating to start with, just 30%. Yeah. And so you're going to have to have ticket allotments for kids' families. Yep. Depending on what that looks like. You know, you get five tickets and then you decide what that is. There, there won't be average Joe from across the street who just wants to walk over to watch a baseball game. Yeah. No, we'll yeah. have space. <clears throat> so, yeah. and I know, you know, one thing that's kind of been said is I, Phase one in that, in phase two, baseball, softball can't happen on the NFHS document or in that their protocol until you're phase two. Baseball, softball can't happen until phase two. So if we're not even in phase one yet, which I don't even know if we know what we're in, we're, we're nowhere close to baseball, softball starting. Mm. But then, you know, I don't, how do you have kids in dugout? I don't know. Um, it, <sighs> You know, at the same time, I, you go to the other side of this, and I, this is where, I don't know, it's maybe why our stress levels are, it's not like we're super busy, you know, it's not like we're working night in, night out, but, you know, Scott, you're talking about it's just it's getting hard. Is I think this is just constantly spinning in the back of our head of what's this going to look like and what are our responsibilities going to be, and I see all the doom and gloom side, but then there's, there's this other side of me that agrees with the argument at some point in time, we've got to try. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And when's that time going to be? Um, and and I don't know the right answer to that. I'm not going to sit here and say, I, by golly, this is when it's right. I, I'm not going to say that. But there's going to be a point in time that we're going to have to step up and try. Yeah. So I get that argument. I think two things can really help us. Number one, I think we all need to look at having our own community, school, whatever that looks like, your own school community, pandemic project group. Yep. 
to include some parents, like some students, a law enforcement, coaches, administrators, yep. and, and not feel like we have to do this all ourselves. That we, we have a group of people that we're going to communicate this with and through and come up with a best practice. So we have some of those parents who are on our side. We, everyone understands what the expectation is. And then how we roll that out through social media, yep. over local, you know, radio, whatever, TV. In your case, you guys have local TV stations you could work with. What that looks like. The second part of that, I think, is as a conference. If your conference has guidelines where it's going to be the same at Cedar Rapids, it is at Dubuque Senior. And it's going to be the same at Iowa City Liberty. And everyone has the same expectation. Yeah. Those two things alone in our community and in our conference could really help us, I think, uh, manage this and sell this. I, I think the worst thing we can do is feel like we've got to come up with all these answers by ourselves. We've got to pull people in with us. I, I'm, I told you guys before, but I'm meeting with our school nurse and ATC on Thursday. Um, Tomorrow we're meeting with our assistant soup to basically talk through logistics of what game management looks like in the event we do have baseball and softball and come up with plans and just really using that template um, that we got in that pandemic task force and using that as kind of our guidelines to kind of lead us in the right direction. Yeah. Um, let's talk about physicals. I think this we don't have to spend a lot of time on. Um, I think the NFHS, if unless I'm wrong, and they also have the Sports Medicine Advisory Committee on with them as well. I think they're kind of recommending that you basically just grant the year. Is that right? Yeah, but if that, but it's up to each individual state. Each up to the state. Yeah. So, I, I think when they. I think what they're going to do is when they release everything on June 1st, I think that's one of the questions that will be answered. I hope with that is, do we give them a year extension? Yeah. Um, I have, if, if we're able to get back, I would like to get as many kids, especially those kids who have pre-existing conditions to make yeah. sure that they have a physical just to make sure they're okay. I know that's something that we talked about. And that task force the other day, too, was just if you do have a kid that's got some pre-existing condition that really needs to probably get a physical just to make sure they're okay to, to return with, um, you know, whether it's diabetes or you know, some kind of breathing issue, um, that's going to be, I think, imperative that we make sure those kids get physicals just to make sure they're okay to return with um, the coronavirus still out there. Are we allowed to know that with HIPAA? Well, they typically, if you're a school, you have a HIPAA thing in there that they would say that they've got a pre-existing condition. Okay. You'd have to pull that from their previous physical or their medical card from past years. And if they did, I think you'd want to make sure that I would think the parent would want, though, too. They'd want to make sure their yes. kid would safe to come back. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Todd. That's a good question. I, go, I, I don't know. Can we prohibit them from coming back if they don't? I don't know. That's I a know. good question. Yeah. 
Revenue loss. Fun one. I'm already talking about having pay-per-view online. You know, I think even if we do have games, you know, and we're able to have people there, I think people are going to choose to stay home and I want to make sure that they have a <clears throat> avenue to do that, but also knowing that we're going to have to make some money too. And I know that's something we've offered for free in the past, but I don't know that we'll be able to do that anymore. Right. Live, if we're doing it live, then they're going to pay and maybe we'll wait a couple of days and then have it available for free, but live event to charge a little bit extra and, and make sure we can recoup some revenue that doesn't, you know, they could be paying that fee and they could have 20 people at their house and there's some loss of revenue there, but you guys all know, and I don't know if everybody knows that. And I, I try to make sure that when I'm on my parent meetings, I tell parents, typically your school district's going to pay for coaches salaries. And if you're lucky transportation, everything else is on within the athletic and activity department to pay for. Uh -huh. I think our parents need to understand and realize that, that <clears throat> Aaron talked about already, if we're going to have to have eight people at a softball game, you know, in the past, we're just hoping to break even in a baseball and softball game. If we break even, we're usually happy. I'm like, Oh, we made 300 bucks tonight at the gate, man. And we paid for the umpires. <clears throat> now, if we have eight people and you've got two games and you're going to be paying seven, 800 bucks for just staff, you're going to be a thousand bucks in the hole every night. And you got 13 baseball dates and you got 10 softball dates. And that's, you know, thousand bucks a night. That's $23,000. Yeah. It's um, the cost to do it. Or it, it whether it's this summer, whether it's next fall, the increased cost is going to be there. You know, another side of this conversation, I've been, I've had this with some of my booster club leadership. Um, so I was asked, well, do we need to, to help offset losses that we're going to experience? Do we need to maybe raise the, the cost of our booster club pass? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had the conversation in our conference about, because I, and I'm one of them, I've been pushing for, we've, our gate prices have been this, the same since I, 2006. Yes. Well, since 99, they've been the same. Yeah. Oh, and, and I've been pushing for that. Well, now, of course, I agree. It's probably the wrong year to raise gate prices on boost club. People are saying, boy, we got to offset. We're going to probably lose our golf outing fundraiser this summer. So do we raise our, our membership fees and, and, and such? And I, we've had an interesting conversation going because you also need to be respectful of the fact that um, you have a lot of families that are struggling financially. Yeah. They lost one income, maybe two, trying to figure out how to piece, piece it in together and they're struggling financially. Um, and the most important thing we can do for those families is one, get their kids engaged and two, let them be engaged in their kids' activities. Uh -huh. So do you, if we, we, we're having an interesting conversation about striking the balance and maybe striking a balance, do you actually come out okay? So the conversation we have the other day is, do we think about decreasing our booster club membership for one year and we lose some revenue do we actually maybe gain more members yeah. out of the gesture of reducing the, the, the fee and actually maybe come out okay, you know, come out, it'll all come out in the wash kind of thing and maybe earn some goodwill for down the road because we're willing to respond and recognize that it is financially tough right now. Yeah. 
but, but the balance that Scott you're talking about it it's not like running activities is going to be less in 2021 than it no. was 1819 <clears throat> the costs of running a game are still going to be the same and then some because of the added um, uh, process procedures and staff we have to have to do that yeah well just just having an extra person there to take temps and Mm. Clear everybody, make sure they answer the questions. Yeah. That's why I just think it's so important that we have, you know, some kind of technology that we can implement that and make sure that we're tracking that data instead of having it on a piece of paper. It may get me doing play by play. I don't know if that's worth the the price of admission. <laughs> hey, you could be a, you, we could, we could all end up being like a one man show here. Running the concession, announcing from the concession stand, <laughs> making temperatures, selling tickets. Here's a thought. Can we rent ourselves out? Can we get the live feed sent to us? And you for X amount of dollars, you can have Beyond the Bench, the, the Beyond the Bench podcast crew call your game for you. Oh, geez, I'd be in yeah, but it's waiting right. gold. <laughs> the sweet sounds of Todd Gordon to lead us off. That's right. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Well, another group we got to bring into the mix mm. is our, uh, you know, custodial staff, and because there's going to be all sorts of cleaning and sanitizing that has to go on. Yes. And there will be schools where some will pitch in and do it. I'm talking custodians. There's going to be some that say they're going to have to be cleaning so many classrooms mm -hmm. during the day too. I mean, are we going to hire more custodians? That's a conversation with upper management. But, I mean, okay, in between games, let's talk about in between a basketball game or a volleyball game, JV and varsity volleyball. I think we're going to have to clean the chairs. We're going to have to, somehow, they're going to have to, probably going to have to social distance on the bench, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be less chairs, less room, but I think we're going to have to clean that stuff between every game, not just the end of the night or the start of the night, between games. If there's a real white ball, you have to wipe all the volleyballs down. Sure. Yeah. Um, hand sanitizer at the check-in table before they go in the game, they got to yeah. hand sanitizer on. T a touchless probably. Something that you're not going to have eat everybody touching. Yeah, or you've got one of your scorekeepers on the bench just has, you know, sanitizing wipes and they just keep wiping that thing down. Yeah. There's another game worker. Right. Somebody can do that. They can multitask that one, can't they? Come on. Wow. But, it's again, those are just all those little things that I just – when you really sit down and start thinking about event and, and all the interactions, okay, well, how are we going to mitigate that? How are we going to mitigate that? Um, and it becomes an immense task. Yeah. And, right. and you start to work your way back into the conversation of first and foremost, if we're talking next fall, um, the, the top priority when it comes to cleaning and sanitizing and being ready for the next day is going to be education, the classroom mm -hmm. and all the things are going to have to happen for that to happen day to day with whatever, with whatever that's going to look really then burden your building staff on, Oh, we got a swim meet and a volleyball uh, 
double duel going on in the gyms tonight too, on top of the fact that by golly, get those classrooms cleaned up for that first session of kids at 7.30 in the morning. Okay, here's another one. Here's, here's extra. We finished a volleyball game or a basketball game. Now you're going to have to deep clean that floor before PE gets on it the next day? Yeah. I mean, you, you, are you going to have to bring the scrubber out again at the end of the night to scrub that floor before your kids are on it the next day for PE? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you, the bleachers. You just can't blow out the bleachers with the leaf blower. No, you have to sanitize them. Keep it up. You're going to have to sanitize all those seats and spray them down. Yeah. There's the, right. And that's just like we talk about game workers for Aaron. Now we're talking about custodial costs for the school that are going to be on limited budget. There was a company that came up with a uh, mechanism you put in your HVAC system that has some kind of chemical they put in it. It goes in your HVAC. It goes throughout your school. It's supposed to adhere to everything, every nook and cranny in the school and sanitize it without having to go and physically clean it. Hmm. But I don't know how much those were per unit. And you think about a school with think about a gym, some thousand square feet, how much that would cost. Um, but I know that that is something that is out there that people are. They got the, U, the UV little mechanisms you put in the classroom. It yeah. puts the UV light out. It's supposed to kill the virus. I mean, there's a lot of different things people are talking about with that. So those things are like four or $5,000 a piece, though. Yeah, like three, four grand, yeah. Like 10 classrooms a night or something like that is what, is what they can do. Yeah. Um, it's just, and like you said, you start wrapping your head around all that, and you're just like, what? Normal is never going to happen again, and, and, and it's frustrating. Yeah. Yep. Um, transportation. Without a lot of extra money. Transportation. The linchpin of it all, in my opinion. Transportation is the linchpin of yep. everything. Maybe not so much for baseball all the summertime, but, but when we come back next fall, when right now, as I understand it, the, the DE guidelines on social distancing on a school bus is 12 kids per bus. 12? 12. 12. For a 54 passenger. That's, the, I mean, that's what our transportation director told us. Yeah. Right now, he's being told 12 kids per bus. So just think school. We have three, we'll have to have three buses for just our varsity baseball team. Guys, that's why if nothing changes, that's why we're going to school in shifts every other day. Right. Yes, exactly. And then what that means to athletics and activities, I don't know, but you're right. But then are we back to the little league days where parents are going to have to help get kids there? I don't know how else we do it this summer. Oh, this summer would have to be. It would have to be parents driving them. Well, actually, I mean, the summer, other than the cost, is probably when we have drivers. When you start talking about taking your sophomore JV and varsity volleyball team, we're usually typically transporting 60 kids between those levels. That's five buses. So your five buses, well, there's not five drivers. True. At the time we have to leave, there's not five drivers available to drive them there. 
in yeah. Greene County, we have three buses available for activities while routes are going on. Yep. Four if we're lucky, if the fourth bus is working. <laughs> Otherwise, we're three. <laughs> Transportation is, I, in my mind, especially when it comes to next fall, has become a big linchpin. Yep. And, and tell, uh, it's going to dictate how we go to school. And then that's going to try and dictate if we have to go to school in shifts, you know, A and B day and AM and PM shifts, then should we be playing co-curricular athletics? Yeah. Um, Can yeah. we afford to play co-curricular athletics? And you're, we're three people who believe, bleed it um, yeah. in life without it. But those are the realities and, and that we start looking into. Yeah. Equipment. There again, I mean, the cleaning and sanitizing of that Yeah. in phase one and phase two in particular. I mean, in phase one, we can't even play catch with anybody. We can't bump, set, spike. Yep. We can't touch the same ball. Yep. <laughs> there, is, there is no way I could play football in this. I, there, if I have a football in my hand, I'm licking my fingers. It, I mean, it's just years, yep. and years and years of ingrained habit. Yeah that I would have to break. Well, I, yeah, I'm just thinking about all the, you got to sanitize every shoulder pad after every practice, sanitize every helmet after every practice. Um, this this gotta, brings out a whole new level of hygiene for our kids too. Yeah. Because how many kids after football, our kids don't shower. Mm. I mean, well, they, they can't, they can't they, it's school now. It's a stank and it's, Let's get out of practice and go home. And we had, I'll go back about 25 years. I had basketball teams that would not wash their practice jersey the whole year. I mean, they, yeah. we, we could stand them up in the, in the yeah, was, They were crusty. And they had contests to see who could get it the stankiest. Yeah. I, I would just have to tell them, guys, wash the jerseys. Because I can't stand to have you in a huddle. Yeah. It is Tuesday, May 19th at 8.26 p.m., and Todd Gordon has identified the silver lining. <laughs> we'll start showering at school again after activities. And no more skanky, stanky practice jerseys. If you have been wondering what the, the, the most glorious silver lining is going to be, it's going to be that. Yeah, I mean, kids are going to have to wash and shower yeah and they're gonna have to have clean equipment yeah, they're, yeah. They're, and, and you know some of that's gonna maybe it's on that's on them i mean do you have buckets of filled with sanitizer that are in the locker room every day when they come in for football practice and they got to sanitize their shoulder pad and, and, and helmets every day my football coach i think just sent me something where he's looking to get some type of sanitizing thing that um 200 bucks he gets like 800 gallons of sanitizing Stuff for uh, right. to do the helmets and shoulder pads every day. Yeah. We'll be clean. Yeah. It'll be clean. I mean, and it just goes back. Gatorade sending out all their packages, you know, get these water. Every kid's just going to have to have their own bottle, yep. own towel. Right. And oh, that's going to be hard to enforce. Yeah. But that's what they're going to have to get used to. Uh, staff concerns. Coaches, event staff, we talked about that a little bit. My biggest concern is the extra duties we've got to throw on our coaches. Yeah. 
Some will handle it well, some won't. Yeah. And, and, I, and I just. It's going to take a lot longer. Everything's just going to be a lot more, have to be a lot more processed and systems driven. Yeah. I've got concerns just about their overall health. I mean, I. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I or even the mental health. Yeah, mental health. Well, you know them. They're they're gonna. <coughs> there's gonna be all these extra things they have to do, and they have to do things with shifts of maybe ten to fifteen kids at a time for a while, and they're still going to want to accomplish and do every. By game one, by God, we're gonna have all this stuff in. Uh-huh. They're worth themselves to death. Yep. Trying to have do all the stuff in the game the way they've always done while still also doing all this other stuff they have to do and the extra time that that takes and, and they just won't forgive themselves right say, it's okay if i don't get that eight out of bound baseline out of bounds play in this year i might just mm-hmm. have on five they won't do it they'll they'll find time find a way to get the eighth ninth and tenth in and and it'll it'll kill them yeah mentally i uh I shared the NFHS document with our principals today, my superintendent, and my high school principal made a good point. He said, my gosh, he said, you know, kids just, they want to go out for sports and activities because they want to be with their friends. They want to feel a part of something. He said, I'm afraid they're going to think like, this isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. All this extra stuff just isn't worth it. I'm just going to go work. All right. Yeah. And we're going to lose a lot of those kids on the fringe that, I don't know what that's going to do to our activity numbers. Yeah. And we're just going to have to do the best we can with our coaches and keep them engaged. And I, that's why I just, uh, you know, to have them take temperatures and take care of these checklists. And well, you, yeah, you just, you said it right there, Todd. I go, I, it's just going to be a lot more on our coaches that do already do. I mean, they're doing a, another full-time – if they got another job, it's another full-time job. Right. Just like I said, I was felt overwhelmed when we had that meeting yesterday. I mean, it's just – all the stuff that's on here is just overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I need a medical degree just to be an AD. I might need to go back to school. Well, and that's where, you know, document, document, document – but you know, there's a lawsuit out there coming in the next year or two. And, and, and God dang it. coaches are going to say, I, I'm not going to risk that. Yeah. They're going to be just like our kids who say it used to be fun. And we're going to have to really somehow sell our coaches, directors and whoever on the difference they're going to continue to make. But there's going to be some of them that aren't just going to start going to do it. I honestly feel like there's got to be some sort of, you know, I don't know if the if the state government will say, hey, you know what, we can't hold our schools liable for somebody getting COVID either at school or at an event. It's really got to be, you know, you're you're coming knowing that you might get, just like if you go to a game and get a cold, you know, how can we be held liable for that? You know, it's just like know. when you participate in a sport, you participate knowing you could be injured. Right. And if we're doing the best we can, right. 
and following the protocols, procedures, whatever those continue to look like, you know, I, I would think we'd be backed by that. And we have to sell our coaches on that fact too. I mean, there's got to be a good faith effort on our part, of course, but yes. yeah. at some point, like you start thinking about all these things and with schools probably facing a, a budget crunch anyway, we're not going to be able to add more people. No. Um, so, I mean, again, like you said, Todd, we can do the best we can do. And I, I think at some point we're going to have to have some kind of hold harmless against us for somebody contracting COVID at an event or at a practice. And now that, does that mean we shut down our event? Does that mean we shut down our programs? That's, that's another thing for this summer. You, somebody gets it on your team. I know that's been a question for a lot of people. You, is it shut down? Are you done for two weeks? Yeah. And how, and that I'm, it's going to happen. It's not if it's, it's going to happen. People are going to contract it. There's going to be kids on teams that get it and it's going to be tough. And then, then I feel bad for that kid. Not, you know, then it was like, well, you know, Jenny got COVID. So now we can't play. Yeah. So I know we're getting into all this stuff. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a wrap up thought, but you know, I'm there in this and I'm kind of, we're kind of, I, I can almost hear our tone in the last like five minutes. Just, just, just <laughs> it, it is a lot. Um, it's a lot of stuff that yeah. we've done it and, 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 and muddy our way through. And as athletic directors, when they say hey, we're playing, we're going to, we're going to push forward and we're going to. Oh play. yeah. No, I know. Um, I think part of our conversation here has to be, Let's get back to what this is supposed to be about. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to try to be great. It doesn't mean we're not going to be, uh, you know, the best volleyball team, football team, basketball team, wrestling team we can be and the best individual players we can be. But let's slow our roles just a little bit and get back to the idea that, hey, we're, we have the privilege to play again. Yep. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. And it's going to, and, and that means we're all going to roll with all this stuff with some grace yep. and, and with some patience and with some trust and with some communication rather than being just this constantly grading at one another and putting pressure on one another. I, maybe we just will step back yep. um, from this a bit and it'll be about the experience, which mm -hmm. will make all this a little more palatable. I think what's, hard for me in some ways like this is to think about all this stuff in the rush, rush, go, go, pressure, pressure packed environment. We find ourselves in a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, the environment's going to have to change for right. the work well. Yes. And everybody's going to have to have some patience and some grace and because this could get really messy, really easily, easily if we don't, offer some grace and some patience to people through this process. Mm -hmm. The way we look at the way we look at the process of getting to where we want to be is going to have to change. Um, I mean, it's just, you're right. And I think we will, when we, when we get back to where, we can at least practice or work somebody out 
or play a game, I, I do think we'll appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. yeah. And I think we'll – because what we'll have to do for this to work and be successful is we're going to have to incorporate simplicity. Yes. Because there won't be enough time us to do everything we've always – in the way we've always done it, and that's from pl- – practice planning to practice execution to game planning to game execution to event management and event execution. None of that is going to work at the beginning of this thing the way it always has. So we're going to have to simplify to make it possible. And maybe we just find, maybe we'll find the beauty and simplicity of, of, of that process again and realize, you know what, we can be great without all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that. Aaron. Well, a lot of it's going to be trial and error. Yeah. We're going to have coaches giving their base best faith effort. Yep. And we're going to see something. We're going to say, you know what, we got to change this a little bit more. Yep. Or we got to do something a little bit different. But the whole thing comes back to communication. I mean, what's the most important thing we do every day anyway? It's communicate. Yeah. And I think if we just wrap our head around how we're going to communicate all this, but I'll, I'll go back again. I think we've got to figure out who we need to bring in to be a part of our process yeah. in our community to make this happen. <clears throat> so it's just not Scott, Aaron, or Todd, or the AD out there thinking they got to come up with all the answers. Let's bring a team of people together yeah. and let's have people who are going to be a support group and say, this is, how this is going to, and they can help us sell this too. Yeah. Yeah. Because they yeah. want as bad as we do. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. And I went to my optometrist the other day who's a dad. And boy, I mean, they're itching. And mm-hmm. people are always saying, let me know how I can help. Yeah. Let me tell you how you can help. <laughs> and we may get them. I think we'll get them now more than ever. Yeah. Because people well, want this. You know, as sidebar to all this, um, you know, you always talk about that honeymoon period at the beginning of the school year when everybody's just excited to be back in school. Mm. Pretty serious honeymoon period. When, when we finally come back and say, let's, let's go. I, I, I think we will have such tremendous opportunity to build relationship and communication within our communities. Yep. Those moments um, that can last well past this deal. Yeah. Go ahead, Todd. No, I said, let's just leave it there. That was a great closing thought. And I think, you know, we'll hit, we'll talk about more of this as time goes on. We just wanted to kind of introduce that document. Uh, We will make sure this is posted. I'll also be sharing this week. uh, We've started a little blog to kind of keep track of all of our episodes. Don't have them all in there yet, but we'll have the most recent ones and I'll keep filling them back in. Uh, all the way back to season one, episode one, when we met Aaron Stecker, I believe it was back in the day. Um, I'll post that. And uh, <laughs> on that blog will be all the, the notes from the show, all of the articles that we reference, and uh, a lot of other stuff. So uh, you can check that out a little bit later as well. But uh, guys, thanks. Uh, good to see you. Thanks for your discussion on that, getting this kicked off. It won't be the last time we talk about it, for sure. Oh, no doubt. No.
Thanks, guys. Thanks, Todd, for all your work on this. And Scott, as always, being the man. Good to see you. <laughs> well, yeah, we, again, I think it's good we end with some smiles, good we end with some positive talk. It, uh, Thanks it, for getting us on track, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You're right. Our, our tone the last five minutes before, yeah. we, it's just tired mm-hmm. of talking about it. So It's hard for it not to, but, but there's – you know what? We're going to be playing ball again someday. Yeah, um, you're right. No, I hope so. Anyway, well, and, and and it's going to come, and and it's going to be great when it happens. It's going to be work, um, yep. but I think there'll be way more good come out of it um, than bad once it's said and done. If we do it right, no, way more good than bad. That's all we want out of every day. So yep. let's work for that. Thanks for that thought. Thanks again to our sponsors, Hometown Ticketing, Gipper, and Varsity Bound as well for their sponsorship. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you again next week. So keep working, everybody. We know it's different, but keep working and be blessed.